0: HVAC 360 is brought to you today by Three Little Pigs Construction Snacks. Celebrating 500 years since the incident with the wolf, we proudly announce our latest snack, pretzel bricks. These delicious morsels of sourdough goodness are sold on little pretzel pallets and are located in stores next to the standard packages of pretzel sticks and pretzel straw. Want to build a memorial vignette? Grab some peanut butter and melt some chocolate, but remember to take your time so as not to accidentally huff and puff some of your creations to the ground. Pretzel bricks may not be gluten-free, but are definitely kosher and vegan approved. Grab a pallet today. Please build responsibly. Welcome back, Matt Nelson here, your host for HVAC 360, helping you be the best and the brightest in HVAC. Each week, I'm either sharing information and lessons learned from the field... Or talking to industry experts, uh, but I don't really want you to stop there. Uh, I encourage you to double down on your weekly dose of HVAC knowledge by hopping on over to hvac360.com and joining my growing community of people just like you—people who want more information about HVAC who just can't get enough. Um, as an added bonus, I'm going to be—you're going to be one of the first people notified to uh, free webinars that I'm rolling out in early 2019. Um, So what's up for this week? This week I just wanted to share some information about outside air monitoring station, outside air monitoring station, outside air measuring stations, whatever you want to call them. Uh, And I had a couple projects recently where I really kind of got into the nuts and bolts, and I just wanted to share that with you. Um, Just as a separate side note, uh, these things also typically, uh, depending on the type and variety that you get, can also measure temperature, but I'm not really covering that today. Uh, Mostly because uh, temperature controls contractors typically have that covered uh, with a separate device. All right, so let's get into outside air monitoring stations. So why use them? So like with any device we want to know more information. We just want to get more information. Uh, This particular device gives us the flow so we can ultimately get the uh, CFM, the cubic feet per minute of airflow. You know, there's different ways to do this, um, and uh, airflow measuring stations is just one of those. Um, Sometimes when you go uh, and, and look at the... Supply airflow for uh, different air handling units. All that is is just a sum of the a uh, bunch of little different airflow monitoring stations on the VAV boxes themselves. So they really just sum up that. You can get the total of a unit just by doing that. And... Um, obviously another, another option if you have more of a constant volume unit uh, or something that doesn't have VAV boxes, you could put an airflow monitoring station in that. Uh, a lot of times it's not so much about the supply airflow, though. It's more about the outside air. Uh, they're Usually uh, engineers are more concerned about the uh, airflow monitoring station of the outside air to make sure that they're getting enough of uh, air in the system. So that's typically kind of why they use them. So what what really is going on when you put in a outside air flow measuring station? Uh, typically, they come in two varieties. They come in the 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 fancy thermal dispersion type, and that's the type that I've I've seen uh, a number of recently. And that is a, basically what the thermal dispersion is doing. It is uh, the fluid, the airflow. Um, this can also work in water, so it's just, just jet fluid in general, uh, whether it's air or water. Um, the fluid flow is a, acts as a cooling across a sensor. Um, think of it like a hot wire ananometer. And it gives you a reading in feet per minute because it knows what that... Cooling rate is what that corresponds to in a cubic feet per minute. And again, you know, obviously you can you can see where cooling there will go. Also give you a temperature, so that's where they get the temperature. All right, enough said about temperature. But so that's what it is. It's um, a different points, uh, and they're they're getting that across a grid. Um, The other different variety that you can get is a pressure velocity. Now, this is just, you go back to 101, Duckwork 101. um, This is total pressure and minus static pressure, and you get your velocity pressure. So you put in the, uh, you know, put that through a little calculation with some constants, and you can get feet per minute. So that's ultimately... that's what you want to do you can you want to get a feet per minute um, and then you know the area of the ductwork and you can just output the CFM so that's how you generally speaking that's how you get it now the velocity pressure uh, probes that you can find those are a lot simpler and that's basically they don't have a lot of fancy electronics that are connected to them typically they're gonna have some sort of pressure transducer so it's going to give you a signal uh, of what that velocity pressure is and then your building automation system is going to have to make that calculation internally. Uh, whereas if you have some sort of therm- thermal dispersion uh, from the ones that I've seen, typically they're going to do an internal calculation. You're going to set the actual area of the ductwork in that um, the, the uh, measuring device that comes with the thermal dispersion unit uh, and that's going to be able to calculate CFM directly for you. So that's what it's going to output it's going to output the CFM of the fluid flowing across the duct. All right. So one thing that, you know, you have to remember is that more sensing locations really improves your accuracy, more sensing locations, better average makes sense, right? Uh, also, um, you know, this is again, getting back to those VAV box flow rings, um, these are some of, the, some of the devices that you're going to find already come with, and they're usually more the velocity pressure variety. Uh, they're going to come with flow rings. Uh, so VAV boxes have these airflow measuring stations you know, in the throat of the, or the neck of the VAV box. I've seen some on air handling units where they actually come with the, you know, the pressure, the the, the velocity pressure measurement probes already installed, uh, but generally speaking, when I'm talking here, these are going to be kind of third-party devices that you're going to have to put into ductwork, uh, whether on a new project or you can even, if you have a uh, existing project, you can retrofit these into existing ductwork. So, m- most of the airflow monitoring stations that I'm going to be talking about are separate. Now, who makes these? Um, typically, I don't really talk a lot about these, and I'm not necessarily endorsing any one of these, um, but I know that Ebtron uh, makes uh, airflow monitoring stations. you got Onacon um, making them and Ruskin. So if you want three varieties or at least three, a starting point to kind of continue your educational journey, um, this is but a starting point. So you want to go and you want to take a look at what's out there. Uh, if you took a look at those three manufacturers, they give some pretty good um, pretty good information out there. Uh, I think Ruskin probably, if I had to judge the three, um, Ruskin happens to have uh, the best educational uh, material. the The rest are more in print. So if you want anything sort of like videos, uh, those, I, actually, I did watch some videos from Ruskin. Um, some of them are kind of cheesy. Some of them are informative. Uh, but I will post those in the show notes, and that can be at hvac360.com/slash one. 21. So this is episode number 121. So that's how you get to those show notes pages. Um, so I'm going to put, provide, you know, a couple of links of different things that I've found on these airflow monitoring stations. So some of the form factors that these companies provide, um, generally speaking, they come in sort of like a, I don't know, a duct rod. It's an insertion tube that you put on the side of the ductwork. Um, That's going to be, you know, the orientation is very critical on these. Obviously, it has to go in the direction of the airflow. So, that's rather important. You can't just kind of flip these things around and expect them to work, they only work in one direction. Um, so there's, uh, different, um, and, and again, when you're, when you're ordering these, these are not a one size fits all. They are very custom. They're a very custom form factor. Uh, and a lot of times, especially the ones that I've seen, uh, it is a specific size of ductwork. So it's, you know, a lot of times, um, especially when you get to the calibration stage, it's, you know, depending on where you're putting it, it's pretty darn close to, you know, being spot on, um. So you can have them installed in large ducts, small ducts. They come in different lengths. Um, sometimes you might, depending on the size of the duct, you might have one of these tubes uh, put in the side of the duct. Sometimes you're going to have two or three, uh, and that all depends on you know the number of points that you want to uh, gather and you know the average. So size of the duct, all that matters. Other things, other form factors that you can uh, do, um, the small uh, rooftop units or ERV units, they also have some sort of device that you can install in the inlet that will measure the the airflow. And again, we're measuring velocity here um, over an area, so that's how we get the CFM. So it's 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 nothing really magical. Uh, other things that they do, they have actually have frames. So if you don't want to install, and you know, typically when you're installing the tubes, you're going to you know drill a hole on you know one on either side, and you're kind of slide the tube across. If you know uh, the size of the ductwork, you can actually just cut a slot on one side of it and just slide the um, slide this frame in, and the frame already has the. Uh, these, uh, sensing rods already in them. So there's really nothing to do. Uh, I've seen some of these frames too, that actually come with an integral damper. So you can have, uh, it's already, you know, calculated. You don't have to worry about, uh, damper interference, which is sometimes, sometimes a problem. Um, and that's, uh, some, you know, another thing that you can have Uh, other things, fan inlets. Uh, you can have them on fan inlets, and they're a little bit, a little bit, they look a little bit different. Um, they're smaller tubes, uh, but again, you know, depending on what the diameter of the inlet is, you can do, you can do a calculation, and you can do not only just one or double width, um, double inlet fan. You can do fan arrays with these things, so you can have multiple fans on the same monitoring station and do it that way. So again, kind of whether you're in a ductwork, whether you're in an intake hood, uh, whether you're, uh, you know, you just want to slide a frame or need an integral damper, that's, uh, another form factor. And then the fan inlets, um, that's, kind of the, the scope of things. I'm sure there's some other different special use cases, but generally speaking, uh, this is what you're gonna see out there. Most of the stuff is either gonna be a a, frame, you know, a fan inlet, or it's gonna be one of these, uh, these uh, sensing tubes that gets installed into ductwork. All right, so what happens at each stage of the game? Really, um, the first stage obviously is design, and what are you going to be? the The important thing to think about as an engineer is what are you really going to be using it for? Um, is it going to be for just a a data point that you want to know about? Uh, is it going to be for control sequence? Is it going to be just a verification that um, you're getting something right, like you know the required amount of outside air for a particular project? Um, it's it's important because you know these things can be expensive. Uh, when we're talking about the thermal dispersions, um, those are, you know, and I haven't priced them out, <laughs> you know, but I just, I know from the equipment, I look at the equipment, um, the thermal dispersion uh, airflow monitoring stations it are much more, uh, you know, are very expensive um, to to put in. So know what you want to do with those specific Uh, points of information. Uh, Sometimes I'll see them uh, control the outside air damper like um, a lot of times you're going to be measuring the airflow and you say okay here's my minimum Um, I need to increase it or decrease it based on the amount of airflow that I'm getting into the system and other times you're going to use them uh, I've seen them for pressurization uh, to put a uh, um, uh, return fan speed offset to make sure that you're maintaining building pressure so there's a lot of different things that you can do with the airflow monitoring station, but just understand, you know, what you're doing with it. Um, it it's very, uh, they're very touchy. Um, they can have a lot of, you know, back and forth. So um, really, kind of nail this down. If you're using the airflow monitoring stations as a as a point in your control sequence so it's controlling something specific whether it be a damper or whether it be fan speed um be very careful because it can go very wrong um that's you know one of the lessons learned that i'll I'll talk about a little bit later um so let's jump into installation so uh, it's you know with any airflow measuring any measuring device location 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 it's it's very important you want to be able to get that laminar flow you don't want that turbulent flow around these airflow meters again they're unidirectional so when you get this kind of this tumbling turning airflow it's not going to necessarily read correctly you're going to get some false negative readings um, a lot of times, and you know, you can, you can take a look at it, um, a lot of times they're going to have recommendations based on what your ductwork configuration is. So if you're an engineer and you're looking at this, take a look at those recommendations, those guidelines. Typically, they're going to be you know one duct diameter, two duct diameters, three duct diameters. Sometimes it's going to be five or ten, but typically it's going to be the, in that one to three range uh, depending on what your upstream condition is. Um, as far as calibration, so let's, you know, you've installed the duck work. Uh, You got it in a good location. Let's talk about calibration. I guess most of, I guess the two areas of calibration. Again, they know what the velocity is. They're very. All these things have been calibrated, Um, so it's really the the change in. You know, is it the right? You know, is the exact duct dimension? Did they get that right? And like I said, they sometimes it can be really really close um, with this. But the only way you can do that is calibrating it with. Uh, a um, A test and balance authority, so you 're going to get your tab contractor in there to do the test and balance to verify that you know with their calibrated equipment they 're going to verify yes we 're getting this sort of velocity. Um, they know what the duct dimensions are, and they're going to do their own calculations, and you can compare the two. You're going to say, okay, this is what the unit is reading. Uh, the monitoring station is reading. Here's what I'm getting from my test and balance agent, and you're going to calibrate your equipment there. Um, either you're going to do that with uh, you know putting in a K-factor. Um, a lot of times, especially VAV boxes, use K-factors. Um, I know that a lot of these... Uh, um, Uh, thermal dispersion arrays don't use k factors um instead they just use the duct area so you're going to have to manipulate the duct area uh in calibration um and you're going to have to adjust it a little bit so generally speaking those 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 is now that's how you calibrate it. Um, now, as far as commissioning goes, you know, as being a commissioning authority, you want to be there when these things get calibrated. You want to understand, you know, okay, what was the square, you know, footage that they kind of, you know, had originally? What did you change it to? You want to make sure that's documented. Um, even if you don't document it, maybe you know, because they come with tags. A lot of them, these Ebtron units that I was looking at, come with tags that show specifically exactly how it was set up. So you want to be able to note that information on the tag, saying here, you know, this is the the square footage that we used uh, when we calibrated it. So they know what it was changed to, because typically it's going to have the factory setting on that tag. Um, you want to be able to judge: is this going to be a best, uh, you know, a best location for it? Is the right location for it? Um, are we going to get good readings from it? And you know, generally speaking, by the end of the commissioning process, you're going to have a good idea whether or not it is a good location. Um, and you know if it's not, um, you know again, these are expensive, so it could you know ultimately just be a waste of money. Um, which is kind of a bad situation to be in. And that's why you want to be oh so careful when you take a look and uh, you know, you're spending the owner's money. You want to make sure that these are as um, reliable and valuable as possible. And even, you know, getting back to the design, you want to make sure that if there's something, you want to you want to be able to spot it on a drawing. You want to be able to make sure that you have enough duct length. And you want to be able to spell that out maybe to the contractor because, again, you know, a lot of times you're going to say the, the drawings are diagrammatic in nature. But if you say, hey, you know what, I have an airflow monitoring station and I need this much duct work, you know, and make a special note of it, it's, it's a signal to the contractor that, you know, you have really carte blanche on kind of redesigning the system to to some degree, but you really need this upstream. You know, it may seem like wasted ductwork or additional ductwork that you don't need, uh, but it's really critical to the uh, being able to measure the velocity at this location. So you know identify that make it a spe- make it a special item circle it you know bubble it whatever you have to do to kind of say that that's really critical just don't and and don't necessarily you can have a detail on it but just don't leave it to the detail sheet because you know that you know in general they probably wouldn't look at the detail sheet when they're making the you know the final duck layout but they'll look at the plans and if it's on the plans They might take it, you know. They might not take it, but they at least you give it a fighting chance to get a good location for that airflow monitoring station. Um, And then you're going to, as you know, commissioning, you're going to do the, you know, some perform some logic tests. You know, you can shut the unit off. Does the airflow monitoring station go to zero, or does it not? And if not, why? Um, If if you're going to uh, open up the unit to um, you know, full capacity. What is that capacity? Does that match the design capacity? Um, you know, is that relevant? So there's di- some different data points you can get. You know, performing some certain logic tests with these uh, monitoring stations, and then if you have a sequence, uh, if these airflow monitoring stations are involved in a sequence, then obviously you want to be able to verify that control sequence that it's it's doing what it should be doing. So what are some of the lessons learned that I took out of, um, you know, that I've learned from airflow monitoring stations? Well, you know, one of the things is that depending on the space constraints, you may be upstream or downstream. You know, when we're talking about the outside air damper, you might be upstream or downstream of an outside air damper. And what is that going to be? You know, as far as turbulence, uh, are you far enough away from it, um, you know where are you relative to the return fan? Is there a, is there a return fan? Um, are you close to the uh, outside air opening? Um, are you going to get turbulence? And, and that's ultimately where you want to be um, understanding. Because if you have turbulence around a fan or around the one of these. Uh, Flow measuring stations, you're not going to get like I said before. You're not. This is going to negatively affect the the readings, the the uh, the installation. Um, you're going to have this twirling wind. It's not going to be the best location, and you can get that simply from being too close to the outside air damper, um, and it just kind of blowing. Uh, I Had a situation where the outside air damper I know was closed, and I had the monitoring station, uh, but upstream, uh, so it was exposed to the outside air. Uh, and there was, you know, blowing and you know, swirling of air, so it never really got to zero. Um, and that that's, you know, uh, it just had to be explained that way. So why wasn't it zero and the outside air damper it was closed? Um, and I had situations where the completely the opposite was happening, where I had it uh, downstream of the outside air damper, and when that was closed, you would see a value for that. And why was that? Well, you know, the the return fan in this case was pushing air and it was just swirling air around and it was just reading way too high, even though the outside air damper was completely closed. Um, Sometimes you can, you can kind of mitigate the amount of air movement in a mixing plenum. Uh, so you could actually put some sort of uh, a sheet metal baffle in there, but that's really kind of a contractor fix um, to be able to uh, address this kind of issue. So again, kind of fair warning, be careful. Um, if you're putting them in, where you're putting them in, take some special, you know, special precautions. Um, try to get it in the best place. As possible, because again, you know, once you put it in, uh, the you know the the ductwork is in. You're not going to change the ductwork. You could possibly change the location of where the airflow monitoring station is, but you're not going to change the ductwork too much. So, if there's a terrible, if there's no good location, you might have well just uh, you know thrown away some of the owner's money. And if the owner is you know very savvy and they're they're looking at this, it, you know, it's going to be a black mark upon you know, your design and how you laid this thing out. So, um, also, existing conditions. We had uh, cases where we had existing ductwork. And um, I found that the the airflow monitoring station was installed in the wrong ductwork. Uh, side by side, the supplier ductwork looked like the outside air ductwork. Everything was insulated. And um, they simply, the contractor simply put it in the wrong duct. So that, you know, through the commissioning process, you can kind of understand where everything is going the the drawings may not be the greatest in some of these existing condition locations. So, I mean, it's completely understandable, you know, it's where you can get access to where you can put these in. And again, that really determined in this particular case where you could actually install this airflow monitoring station, because there wasn't an, it was, there wasn't access just everywhere. You had specific locations and that was it. Um, you know, because of other ductwork, because of other piping, there just wasn't a way to get in to specific locations for the, uh, the ductwork. Um, And last thing, you know, kind of along the same lines of the um, using it in a control sequence, again, you have fans that are hunting. Um, You can do, you know, hunting fans, hunting dampers. If you're using it in a control sequence and you have the outside air, uh, the airflow monitoring stations, you know, updating, you know, fairly regularly, sending that off to the BAS, it could, you know, you could have your fans just trying to, you know, just all over the place with the control and having hunting fans and hunting dampers constantly changing speed constantly actuating constantly changing it just just isn't good um obviously you could put a uh internal uh dampening you know PID in the sequence um but sometimes that's that's not always the you know a, an available solution so again just be careful what you're using these airflow monitoring stations for All right. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. If you know somebody who's looking for more information about this topic, consider passing this episode along. If you're not a subscriber yet, I would implore you to join the growing community of people just like you over at HVAC360.com for some more weekly goodness. Um, Lastly, I would be greatly honored if you go and uh, leave me a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, It helps the show become more and more recognized. Honestly, if you do that, that would be great. A lot of this, you know, pass it along. Share it with people. Let them know it's an available resource. I try to put as much content out here for free as possible. And really by spreading the word, you're doing the most good You know, sometimes the way engineers communicate just isn't the greatest. So I want to make sure that everybody's aware of this uh, content and that, you know, they can listen to it and they can, you know, give me feedback if you want. Send me an email at matt at hvac360.com. Not a problem. I'd love to be answering those questions. So that's a wrap for this episode of HVAC 360. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. And as always know what you build, and share what you know.